Hey there, and welcome to Chubby Medicant Friends. This is your place where we discuss a wide range of topics, ranging from emergency services to our everyday life journeys. All right, so on this episode, I had the pleasure of sitting down with a former chief of Granite Falls Fire Department, which is located in a smaller town in North Carolina. Chief is currently 92 years old and served his community back in the 1950s and 60s. We get to hear stories of the first fire truck, the ins and outs of them building the first fire station, and one of my favorite parts, which is how they actually found their training to use their equipment back in those times. All right, so Chief June even talks about a couple bad fires that he had during his service and the mental challenges those brought with him. Just to give everyone a little insight on how this interview went, Chief June is a little hard of hearing, so getting questions across tend to be slightly complicated, but we try to battle that with sometimes using a whiteboard so he can read the questions being asked. That being said, enjoy these stories from the past and hearing what compared from back then to the challenges in the fire services today. With that intro being complete, let's slow it down and let's get into it. All right, June. Do you know why we're here today? Yeah, so I can hear you. You can hear me now? Yeah. So what are, what are we doing here today? Do you know? Uh, we talk come. a little slower. Okay, yeah. we will. I'm, I get told that all the time that I talk too fast. So, But today we've come out here just to talk to you a little bit about when you were in the fire service. All right? So we're going to ask you some questions. Well, Ask them a course slow. And I I'll will. Maybe I can understand you better. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Let's see. Let's bring some up here. All right. So what we're going to do, there are four people that are sitting around here. We have June. June, can you tell me your last name? Nope. Uh, <clears throat> maybe you can hear me. I think he's waiting for the, the board here. I guess while we're waiting for that board to come out. Uh, we got some other fire department members here that can kind of give us their name. Uh, one of you guys can go ahead and kind of list who you are. Uh, my name's Kevin Curley. I'm the assistant chief at Granite Falls Fire Department, and I've been there at the fire department since 1996. 1996. Cool deal. Oh, my name. Yep. Junior Thomas Duffy. Junior Duffy. Now, Former. Chief of the Granite Falls Fire Department. June, how long were you the chief of the fire department? How long was I chief? Yeah. Yeah. Ten years. You said ten years? Yes. How long were you on the fire department altogether? How many years? Ten years altogether? Yes, sir. Do you remember what year you started? 1955. 1955. Till uh, 1969. Okay. So 14 years. 14 years in chief of 10 of that. So it's a good good amount of years before any of us were in the fire service, of course. But we got some more questions to ask you here, sir. Do you, do you know how you got started in the fire department? When I first got started? Yeah. Do you remember why you got started? Uh, I don't really. It was in the. I went to work for the town of Great Falls in the early 50s when Mrs. Kent was elected mayor. And uh, I worked in the maintenance 
with them, and uh, they called me in one day and set up a meeting with one of the commissioners and uh, and wanted to hire me or transfer me to be a fireman and a dispatcher in communications for the fire police department, sheriff's department. Caldwell County was on two different telephone services. This was a central telephone from Hudson to Catawba County. And uh, Lenore was Bell telephone system. People here had to call long distance to Lenore. Yep. And the same way Lenore when they called Granite Falls. And so I worked the night shift four years, an eight-hour shift, without a day off unless I got sick, or I went to fire school. That's a long time. And uh, I remember going to Charlotte Fire College twice a year in the spring of the year and then the fall year for training. I think I got four diplomas in there over a four-year period. And uh, also, I had a lot of other training. And uh, going to classes on uh, arson, I went, there was uh, a guy from the military that taught this class on arson. And... uh, I also took a class through uh, Caldwell Technical School up here on uh, radioactivity. How to use Geiger counters, dosimeters, and back then the tractor trailers, that whole radioactive material didn't have an emblem on them. Mm-hmm. Well, you can give your fire department's credit. We get in together and demanding that these tractor trailers have a radiation thing, a tiger hanging on a placard, three sides of it. And uh, I took uh, special training in Forsyth County at firefighting, and they. I also went to Winston Salem where we burned 60 houses in one week. Wow. For training? For fire training. Wow. That's a a lot of work. Federal project. The houses were 15 years old, and they were so run down that they figured that's the best way to get rid of them. Wow. We'd have four or five of them burn at one time. There's so many fire crews there to take care of. And uh, they had a 
Uh, Forsyth County, they had that, what's called a tunnel of love. <laughs> it was a thing made in a zigzag pattern. It was covered with canopy. And it was about 18 inches off of the ground at the bottom. And in there they had cut off oil drums. It had a fire in the corner of each one of them. You had to go crawl through that thing, two of you pulling an inch and a half line. Of course, we didn't put the fire out. Yeah. And I can't remember how many turns we made, but the smoke got so heavy. We didn't have a breathing apparatus either. You had to roll out your head out from under it. To get a breath of fresh air. We got the smokehouse treatment too in Charlotte without a breathing apparatus. And uh, Do you remember when they put breathing apparatuses on the fire trucks when you guys first started using them? I tried again. Do you remember when they put the breathing apparatuses on the truck for you guys to start using them? I'm guessing they were called SCBA back then, too. But we'll, we'll write it down on the board for us here and give us Back some, we'll, up for the mic a little bit. Is it too loud? June? Yeah, I believe it. You might be talking too close to him on it. Okay. <laughs> June, what he's asking is, do you remember when the first, they put the first breathing apparatuses on the fire trucks? Eddie, I can't understand it. It's okay. It's all right. We'll write it down and we'll go from there. Uh, Do you remember the first fire truck you guys had? The Do first you, fire truck? Yeah, the first fire truck. Did I remember? Yeah. 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 Oh. Yeah, back when uh, I was a boy... They had a low, uh, about a 31 model Chevrolet truck. Didn't have a fire pump on it. It just had a hose. Uh, That's back in the 30s. Granted, it had water mains laid and fire hydrants. And the reason I remember it, a house. There's one house between our house that I was raised at, and the next house caught fire. And they drove that old truck across behind the houses through the gardens and everything to lay a line from a hydrant to, uh, of course, the house was involved fully. Yeah. And uh, I remember these slate shingles popping off of it. And... Had everybody scared, it's going to set some more houses on fire, but they laid a two-and-a-half-inch line. It just had gravity flow. You didn't have a pump, like yeah. I mentioned. I, I was told some of the elders that I talked to that they started off with a hand cart yeah. with the chemical tanks. They got 
later an old T-model pickup truck mounted on that T-model, but I don't remember that. Yeah. And the next truck they had went, uh, that I remember, so 40, 41 Ford truck you still have. Yeah. And uh, they Caldwell County gave them a Mack car truck with uh, no cow on it, I don't believe. And uh, they didn't like that thing. It had an updraft carburetor on it. You crank it up, it sat there and spit and cough and kill the engine on it two or three times before we get it out the door. Yeah. Something you may not know about, I might have heard it. Ford was the fastest cranking engine you could buy. That old flathead V8 you had. Yeah. You could bump a starter and it far off because it's a downdraft carburetor yeah. system. So that's when it's, they got rid of this Mac and put this uh, uh, 41 Ford truck in the picture there. Yeah. Uh, 53 model. And uh, when I took a job up there, there was no manuals on none of those trucks showing you how to operate the pumps and uh, nothing to tell you the, the capacity of it, the pumps. There wasn't any anybody teaching you anything about it. Yeah. How did you guys figure it out? Did you just learn and teach yourself? Well, I went out there and went to other fire stations and and found out, uh, well, I had to know how to operate the pump. I learned about it, but the really education I got on was going to Charlotte Fire College down there. Was that the one of the bigger fire colleges? Was that one of the only fire colleges back then? Uh, or did they have other ones too? I still didn't understand. You're okay. Did the Charlotte Fire College was that one of the big ones back in those days? The trucks at Charlotte. Yeah, yeah. No, the no. the fire college in Charlotte. Oh yeah, we trained with their trucks. Did you? Oh yeah, I got you. And there was some other trucks come in from manufacturers, demonstrators. Yeah. And uh, also, we had a lot of classes on hydraulics, about pressurized water and, and so forth, and uh, the capacity of a pump, the different types of uh, centrifugal and gear pumps and yeah. piston pumps. And so... Uh, the old Ford up there's got a gear pump in it. I don't know where you ever tore it down, but it's got two gears made like a clover leaf with really? three leaves on it. Yeah. That's what pushes your water. Yep. And uh, one of the valves they told me was a churn valve on it. And uh, I know what a churn is, you know. But anyway, if you got your water flowing through it and you didn't get 
actually a relief valve on it, opened up, it would stall the engine or burst the hose. Yeah. One of the two. And uh, so you had to play with it a little bit. There wasn't nothing there to show you where to set it. And uh, the best truck that we we had was this uh, 53 Ford the county got for us. It was simple to use and carried 500 gallons of water. And uh, by the way, the the year I took the job, 59, I believe it was, they got this Ford cab over engine truck. Yeah. And uh, Sam Hinkle and I went to West Hickory and unloaded it off of a boxcar. And I got in that truck to drive it to Granite Falls. And I said, my Lord, what's wrong with this thing? It won't pull itself and it empty. <laughs> I never got a hold of anything. It had an engine that week, you know. Yeah. And it was. It was. Uh, I drove that thing home, and I had to downshift it several times. And... and I thought, well, it'll only be used in town. Maybe we can get by with it. But one way that they cut the cost on them things a lot was engine. The engines was a very expensive part of it. And they would put an engine in one of them things big enough to pull it with the load on it. Yeah, I feel like they do that now. They'll put smaller and, uh, engines in it. So uh, we put up with it in the county truck, and we finally got approval to get a fire station. Like I said, it took me eight years of work selling that, going to visit people that had influence in this town and meeting with them and talking and explaining to them why we needed a fire station. Yeah. By the way, when I took the job, you know what my office was? Locker in the apparatus in the truck garage there in Old City Hall. Really? That was your office? There's no records kept that I know of. And, uh... Is that the fire station that was on Falls Avenue? No, that was, that was before the fire station was built. Oh, okay. So uh, I'd also talked to uh, representatives from the North Carolina Insurance Department about getting their classification, Lord, to give the people... Better, uh, cheaper insurance rates. Yep. By talking to these people, and we was up there with the new fire station and had this obsolete equipment. All of us ain't getting the age on except that one truck. Yeah. I was sitting at the desk up there at the old police department and went in at night 
What evening, didn't it? The mayor came in. He said, if you want to get your fire station built, you better get over at the town meeting. And that caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting anything like that. So I walked in over there. And I found out they were going to issue a bond issue to build a recreation center. And I, then we got to talking about the need for a fire station. And I knew somebody had been pushing for it. Yeah. They agreed to issue a bond issue to build a fire station. But I had to go gather the information to what we needed, how much it would cost, also, find a property to put it on. So, you can tell I was very busy after that. Oh, yeah, that's a lot of work. And uh, it so happened they just completed a fire station in West Hickory, uh, AV Architectural Firm, and uh, they hired... Uh, because they already had the blueprints and everything made out of what we needed, about the size station we need. Got it to where it hold four trucks in a truck bay in uh, a dormitory for put a farm to sleep at night when it could. But we had to c- cut back a little bit on a lot of stuff. It, it took away a little bit of the room. Yeah. After the contract was issued to uh, this firm up here in Lenore that used to do, I can't remember the name of it now, but it's local. Yeah. I went up there every day that they worked and went over the blueprint. With the uh, fellows in charge of it. One morning I walked in and there's a brick in the walls. And I went back for the dormitory, I call it. Yeah, sleeping, sleeping quarters. quarters. And yeah. I looked down to there. I said, Where's our window at? And he said, What window? I said, It goes in the end of this dormitory. He said, We don't have a window that goes in there. I said, Yes, you do. He said, well, I'll go look. He would have come around back. The masons already bricked it up, but the mortar is still a little bit wet. Yeah. They had to pull all them brick out and set that window frame in. Boy, were there ticked off about that. I bet so. I'm glad you caught it, though. But, and another thing I remember was the fire doors. Where in the garage that raised up and down, there was no mechanical release on them in case you had a power failure. Yeah. And uh, they argued about that a little bit. I said, what you want me to do, drive through the door? <laughs> so uh, the Charlotte firms wanted installed them. And they had to come up here and put a trip on them. 
where you reach up and pull a line and, and unhook them and manually raise them. Yep, yep. There's several little things around that I caught uh, uh, knowing what's supposed to be in and what not. Hey, June, can you tell us about some fire calls that you've run, some big calls in the past? We'll see. We'll get it wrote down on the board and see if that'll help. June, can you hear me? I could hear it, but I kind of understand it. Okay. Is it too loud? We wrote on the board to, to see if he can talk about some fire calls. How many fire calls I remember? Yeah, sure. Yep. The more you got time for. We got plenty of them. We got plenty of time. I don't really... Really no. It it came and sometimes you'd have several and sometimes you wouldn't have too many. I, I'd like to tell you about one of the most dangerous fire calls that we ever approached. Uh, one of the most dangerous was a a plant down here that uh, a chemical plant. That made paints, yeah, and uh, paint thinners and so forth. There's a call came in by by the way this automated telephone system its town still uses. I had it installed. It's the second one in the state of North Carolina. Wow, we rang twenty firemen's telephones automatically when you picked it up. And could tell the area the fire was at. And uh, a lot of times they beat the fire truck there. Wow. So, uh, anyway, chemical plant was on Falls uh, Avenue where the old J.S. Rayfield store building. You remember that, John? Yeah. And we got a call one evening about before dark. I live close by on Archer Street, and when I found out where the fire was, I didn't go to it. I just went to the fire station and got that 53 Ford truck. I was the first one up there. They got down, and I passed the first fire hydrant and went to the next one. It set around the curve at Concord Church, and... Uh, Pulled an inch and a half line off, and by that time, some of the other farmers were getting there. And the next truck caught the one up the street a little bit and laid a two and a half inch line. Smoke was billowing out of the basement of that building, and at street level, the bank sloped off about uh, as steep as a stairwell. It went down outside, and the basement had glass in it. Yeah. The windows. Well, the glass was all blown out of it, and we flooded that basement. I'd been down there before looking around a little bit, and when we got the water got to pouring out the back of the building, and we got the fire under control, the next day I went down there and took my clipboard. There was 95 55-gallon drums of solvents wow. in that basement that they made paint out of. One of them, 
evidently started leaking and never did determine what set it off. But if those 95 drums had got started, we'd have had to back the way and probably evacuated the whole area down there. Yeah, you'd have had a mess. And uh, we were just very fortunate that we got there in the nick of time and prevented something really, really bad. And the, the next fire was in uh, Caldwell County. And it wasn't, it's a, a pretty sad story. I was out on the night shift at the old police department. There's a car come sliding in at the back door. The police department was back there in the back of the city hall. There's two kids jumped out, a young boy and one younger, about 13 or 14 years old, and hollered that there's a house on fire. There's snow and ice on the roads. A police car seen that them come in settling in, and he come in. I noticed this kid's hair was swinged and his ears was blistered. And I hollered at him, to, uh, the police officer, to call a doctor to come look at him. And I, I asked the boy I, that drove him in there, I said, where is this fire? He said, I don't know. I said, can you take me to it or lead me to it? He said, yeah, I, I, I can take you back to it. I said, come on with me. Well, he had his girlfriend with him out there in the car, and we just drove off and left her. And I went over and got on the Cedar Valley Road. When we got down Gunpowder Creek down there, we were in Hudson Fire District. I radioed back to tell them to dispatch Hudson Fire Department. I'd give them the location as soon as I arrived. The truck had... Dual chains on the rear wheels. 25 miles an hour was as fast as you could run that thing. And that's a snail pace. Mm -hmm. And a little boy told me that he had, his sisters are still in that house. You talk about pushing a hole in the floor trying to get speed out of that truck. I eventually got up there where it got to picking up speed on the Cedar Valley Church Road. When I drove up to it, there was nothing but the foundation left at the subfloor. Wow. And looked over beside the building. There's about a 200 or 250-gallon propane gas tank with the end of it I was facing from the street. I only had, and a bank of fire coals was up on the side of it. And the first water I put on that fire was on those fire coals and that tank to cool it off. Yeah. I didn't know whether that gas in it or not, but even the empty tank will explode. Yeah. And after I got it cooled down a little bit, I'd bring the water back around where I thought maybe the bedroom might have been in that house. It's a two-story, an old two-story house. There's a family, their last names were Wilson's. They had an infant child and two younger uh, daughters that died in that fire that night. The little boy that, that came to the fire department with the fellow brought over there had mentioned he had three sisters. He tried to get them out of the house, but he couldn't get them awake. That's how he got burnt on his And he ears. jumped out the window. 
second story window. It's the only thing that saved his life. Wow. And, uh, but when I found out the details, and I'd used all the water up, Hudson got there about that time. I called back in that truck, sat down and cried. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe it. Three little kids, and uh, their parents had gone shopping. Some of these stores had a, a big sale on after Christmas. And, uh, and the next door neighbor was supposed to look, evidently they must have had a heater or something in the living room. And I later learned that it had an open stairwell. It went upstairs. Well, if it had an open stairwell and they had a heater down there, they had their bedroom doors open to get the heat off of it. Yep. And that's uh, evidently a man that was looking after had been there earlier and uh, put some more fuel in the stove. And evidently he must have got a fire coal or something out on the rug or you never know. Yeah. That's the most fire uh worst fire I've ever faced with all those kids. And I stayed there until they recovered what was left of the little bodies. And uh Wake Bridges had a a news reporter had a pretty good write-up about it <clears throat> in the Hickory paper, but I never did tell him my side of the story. And uh, But those are the two that I really think about. And we had some pretty bad fires. Uh, old Dakin Chair Plant burned down here, and his, the basement of it was packed full of foam rubber. Yeah. You could have dipped it in the ocean, couldn't have put it out. <laughs> So uh, there's there's quite a few things that that happened. I I got uh, been the, you know the first on the fire scene. It makes me feel bad about uh, I did this, you know. But yeah, you always got backup, and I give the men credit for uh, helping out in these situations and. But tonight, you're by yourself. And uh, on Duke Street up here, there's a two-story house. had apartments in it on the left of the road as you get just past the funeral home. Walt Baker was a police sergeant. He's on duty that night. He said, uh, called me on the radio, said, there's a fire out here in, in this apartment house on Duke Street. And so uh, he said, I just see a little smoke coming out. So I jumped in the truck. He said, bring your fire truck down here. And I did. I got there just about five minutes or less. Pulled the booster line off. Had to go upstairs. Got up there and the smoke was coming out of this room. was doors locked. It popped the big old guy. He raises a leg up and kicks that door open, and the smoke started boiling out, and I got the glimpse of somebody in there. I went in there, got this guy, got him out. He's a coughing, 
and he set his bed on fire. Well, I got the flames locked down, and, and I raised the window to ventilate it, and got Pop to help me. We got that mattress to push it through the window. We got it outside, and this fellow was, uh, had a bad habit of smoking and drinking. Well, he'd been rescued before out of another house by his neighbor. He was rescued the third time, set his bed on fire again. And the fourth time was on Dudley Avenue. He didn't make it out that time. Wow. He set four places on fire, and the fire finally got him. But, uh, somebody asked me about Oglala Farms fire they had years ago, and uh, I did have a uh, 16 millimeter film on it. I couldn't find it. After the zoo left that farm over there years ago, they all the uh, pasture land and everything growed up in tall weeds, high as your head. Some of them, and they all it caught fire on a windy day. And the forest service came out to help. And uh, <clears throat> one of the fire, el- elderly firemen. They, they tell this story on him. Uh, Forest Ward had his torch set to backfire, trying to hit the fire. <laughs> yeah. He said one of the older firemen from the fire department was going along with a water hose and squirting, putting it out behind him. <laughs> <laughs> they finally pulled him off, got him out of the way. But uh, that was a, a real dangerous fire, too, and, and I had one forest fire to jump the forest line and cut the fire truck off. It had to drive through it to get out. Wow. Where was that at? That was back over from Granada Farms. Uh, in fact, it's down there next to the lake. And uh, they'd cut the timber and left the tree lamps and everything scattered out. Yeah. It is a real windy day along in March and... And uh, we pulled in there on this old logging road and stopped in advance of the fire, but a big puff of wind come and blew it over us and set it between us and the way out. But we made it out okay. Yeah. And, uh, so, but uh, getting back to the building of the fire station was a tremendous job to hand. To just lay in my lap to take care of it. But I, I was really proud of it when we got to move out, got us an office where we could get keep records up. He, yeah. You had, back then, if you had a fire loss of over $1,000, you had to make a report to the Department of Insurance in Raleigh. Yeah. And file it with them. And, uh, by law, you had to do this. Well, the law had been violated in Great Falls for a long time. I did the fire inspections in the business district. I inspected the nursing homes. We had two of those. And uh, I inspected the uh, schools. In fact, my inspection helped Closed the old elementary school here in Granite. Really? Across from uh, 
uh, Granite Drug. When Dixie Store used yeah. to be over there. Yep. And uh, another thing that that I did at uh, Inspected Elementary School, they had these glass bulbs mounted on a wall that you take and throw it in a fire. Yeah. And when they burst, the uh, liquid yep. supposed to put the fire out. I walked up and I seen those things. I looked at it, and it had uh, what we call pyrene in it. And I looked at it a little clo- closer, and I knew that that should be an elementary school. I come back, and I had ordered two big manuals. I don't know whether they're up there yet or not, on fl- flammable liquids and... and uh, Chemicals. I looked it up. Pyrene, when it's subjected to heat and evaporates, turns into uh, it's carbon tetrachloride. Is the chemical name for it? Vaporize in a fire. It turns into phosgene, which is a poison gas that the military used in the First World War. I believe it's like mustard gas, ain't it? In a grammar school where you got small children. It's crazy. I got that removed. There was a hardware here, had two cases of dynamite in the basement when I inspected it. And I went back to see that these things were removed later. I'd write them out a little citation. And uh, <clears throat> I asked him, I said, do you have the fuses and caps down here? And no, they're at a different location. I said, well, you're going to have to get out of Get it out of the city limits. You don't have a, a permit, and you're supposed to have that stuff in a magazine somewhere with a berm wall built around it. In case of an explosion, it don't do any damage. Yeah. All the force goes up. So he agreed, and uh, I went back to check with him. I, I said, did you get rid of the dynamite? He said, yes. Yeah. So I said, well, what did you do? He said, we just moved it to our other hardware. <laughs> They didn't get rid of it. Yeah. But this one wasn't in our city limits. So uh I could probably talk all day. Yeah. Can you tell me about <laughs> can you tell me about the old station on Falls Avenue? What was it like? We're gonna route it down for you. Fire station. The fire station on Falls Avenue, what was it like before you moved to the one we're at now? How many trucks could it hold? Did it have sleeping? I don't remember course? a fire station on well, the one downtown was... Uh, yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. In the old municipal building. Yeah, yeah, that one. We just had a truck made, and that was it. That's all there was to it? That's all there was to it. Wow. No sleeping quarters in it? We had a a thing in our where we could repair a fire hose with, cut one or something, and uh, kept some oil to put in the trucks. And we did our own service work on them mostly. Yeah. Or I did, because I was the only one that had any mechanical experience. Yeah. So it was a big upgrade from going from that to the one we're at now, ain't it? I still can't make your voice out. It's too loud or something. It was a big upgrade going from the one we were at on Falls Avenue to the one we're at now? John, get your notepad. <laughs> <laughs> we wrote on there. It was a big upgrade uh, we, to the new we station. We didn't have now. anything. See, the majority of my judge, uh, budget 
was used for police work. And uh, because that was about, I'd say, 85, 80, 85% of our work in communications and uh, working for the police department. Kevin's trying to write some stuff on the board for you to talk to. I'd like to say, too, about the volunteer firemen. What a great asset it is to have people that will take their time to go out and help other people that are in great need. And I can't say enough good about them for what they do and what they did while I was there. And uh, you're certainly welcome. And uh, uh, what my purpose was to get granted a professional fire department. Volunteers train all the volunteers to where they they didn't go out and just squirt water. They knew how to do things. And I got got it started on that path. And like I say, I said before that we got finally got a mayor that was really interested in the fire department. Yeah. And I'm sure he he went along with it. We appreciate everything but, you've done uh, over the years. You never know when the alarm goes off what you're going to face yep. till you walk up on it. You're right. And you don't have time to study. Well, let me think about it. You've got to be quick. Yeah. The only thing I could tell you is to get all the education you can about fires. Well, all right, guys. That was our conversation with Chief June. Apologize for the abrupt ending, but Chief started to talk about a few stories that were family-related, and we decided to keep those private. I appreciate everyone for sticking through the interview, and as always, feel free to check out some of our other episodes. I'm Chubby Menick, and we'll see you on the next one.